1: Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Talking Chop Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a great start to your t- Tuesday. Of course, you can find all the great content from Talking Chop at TalkingChop.com and you can also find the great work of Talking Chop across all social media platforms at Talking Chop. Here's the latest from Atlanta. Atlanta. Obviously, the Braves are in the midst of a season-defining stretch, nine games in eight days, without a doubt, in Philadelphia, though there were plenty of exciting moments, especially with good pitching performances from you know, from younger arms in the organization, as well as signs that the offense may be coming becoming more consistent and being productive. There was still Sunday's game where, despite a great effort from Tuki Tassant. The Braves could not capitalize and lost another low-scoring close game despite their starting pitching and bullpen being doing well enough to put the Braves in a position to win. And that has been the story for the Braves all season, this Jekyll and Hyde performance where one aspect of the team performs well but the other does not. And at the end of the day, you see a team that hovers around 500, but never can get over the hump to really make the run it needs to, to have a chance at being near the top of the NL East division by the trade deadline. Well, the same story applied today. A doubleheader against the Mets. The Braves came into today's game, or into today's doubleheader, five games behind the Mets in the NL East division race. And the thing about it was this, was that with Kyle Muller and Bryce Wilson taking the mound, you actually had to feel confident that the Braves could at least get one victory today to be able to at least get off to a decent start in this series against the Mets and that's exactly what they did in game one of this series. Kyle Muller faced off against Marcus Stroman and Muller absolutely was on point. Five innings, only two walks, four hits allowed and three strikeouts. He was able to work through the Mets order and was able to keep this offense of the Mets, especially with a hot-hitting Pete Alonzo, he was able to keep them silent to give the Braves a chance to take the lead. And thankfully, that's exactly what the Braves did. An RBI double by Jock Peterson in the, the top of the third inning followed by an RBI, RBI groundout by Orlando Arcia, gave the Braves a 2-0 lead. And then, of course, the bullpen, which has actually been performing much better as of late. Though a few runs have been given up, you have not seen the absolute implosions over the past week. The bullpen was able to come in and shut the door on the Mets, led by a very good performance from Will Smith to get the save. And the Braves were able to get a 2-0 victory over the New York Mets. Well, of course, going into game two, the Braves had to like their momentum, though Bryce Wilson certainly was not, you were not as confident in him being able to deliver at a high level as you were Kyle Muller. You had to be confident that with the way the bullpen was pitching and the fact that the Braves hopefully would be able to find some offense to go off of, they would have a very good chance of winning game two. Well, Wilson did exactly that. He was able to put the Braves in a position to win as he, while he did run into a bit of trouble through the first three innings, he was able to work around it. Unfortunately, in the fourth inning, He was not able to work out of trouble, and the Braves had to call on Jesse Chavez, who has been an absolute source of success for this Braves team since he became a part of the bullpen. Chavez was able to work out of a dire situation without allowing any runs, but unfortunately, Luke Jackson entered the game in the bottom of the fifth inning and gave up an RBI double to Jeff McNeil, to give the Mets a one nothing lead through five innings in game two. Well, the thing about it is, is that in the top of the six, the Braves actually had their chance. They had a great opportunity to be able to get back onto the scoreboard and hopefully have a chance to pull out ahead as they got two runners on. But unfortunately, Freddie Fle- Freeman flew out to left field for a sacrifice fly, and with one out, runners at first and third, Austin Riley came up and hit into a and hit into a double play to end the inning. Another opportunity where this Braves team once again could not take advantage of situational hitting to really get a run or two that they needed to put them in a position to win the game. And unfortunately, they just did not have an answer against Edwin Diaz in the top of the seventh and lost one to nothing. And as we've seen, many different sources suggest, it is true. The Braves, despite allowing only three runs, three runs in their last three games, a combined 23 innings, this Braves team went 1-2. and Once again, despite the fact that between the starting staff, bullpen, and offense, despite the fact that usually two of the three are at least producing at an average or above average level in a game... It's the other that just absolutely blunders and it's not good enough for this group for this Braves team to win. it it kind of is eye-opening but also expected that this team has not lost or won consecutive games in the second half of the season because of the fact that while they can play great like they did on Thursday and Saturday, they can back it right back up with horrible outings from either their pitching staff or their offense. The very next day, and, be, and, and despite the fact that they that this Braves team really did well in the first game of the doubleheader and had some momentum going into the second game, it unfortunately was squandered. And despite the fact that the pitching staff did well enough to put this Braves team in a position. To be able to hopefully get within three games of the Mets by the end of play today, the Braves once again find themselves five games back with three games left to go in this series against the Mets. Obviously disappointing, but there is a bit of glimmer of hope. We'll discuss that in just a second.
0: Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. we got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on surprise,
1: this Braves team is now 3-3 three and three through the first six games of this eight-day stretch that not only is going to likely define what role they're going to play as buyers or sellers at the trade deadline, but also is a direct opportunity for them to make up some ground in the NL East. They have three games left against the Mets, and they have... Gotten past that, they have defeated Marcus Stroman so far in this series, which certainly should give the Braves confidence when it comes to their starting staff. Despite the struggles and the fact that this Braves team just cannot get over the hump when it comes to a 500 record or getting within a few games of the Mets at the top of the division lead, is that young talents are certainly taking advantage of opportunities that are allowing for especially the pitching staff to start to get to a level to where it can be consistent and hopefully a bit more trusted. For instance, Kyle Muller, Tuki Tassan, despite the fact that so many young arms like Ian Anderson, Waskar Yanoa, Tucker Davidson, and Mike Soroka, all those young arms have been lost to injury, Kyle Muller and Tuki Tassant, Muller especially, have stepped right in and performed either from admirably to absolutely great, as Tuki Tassant has shown in his two starts this season. We're seeing some arms, both in their first cup of coffee, in the case of Muller, but also an arm in Tuki Tassant that certainly has taken a bit of time to be able to get to a point of being trustworthy. He's starting to show that maybe he's taken that next step. I get that we've been here before. But the great thing about it is, is that when the Braves need it most, Tukey is delivering and several talents did it last year. Ian Anderson, Kyle Wright, Bryce Wilson, they did it last year to help the Braves really be in a good position to wrap up the 2020 season and get into the playoffs to where they had a chance to make it to the World Series. Perhaps, though it may not have the same impact this year. Perhaps Tukey and Kai Ky- and Muller can really have the chance to stay consistent, knowing that they have secured roles in the rotation, to be able to make the most of their opportunity and really develop their talents at the major league level and become reliable options in some way, shape, or form going beyond this year. But of course, the other thing, as I mentioned a bit earlier, is the emergence of Jesse Chavez, is the fact that... Um, will Smith and others are starting to become a bit more consistent out of the bullpen though yes they did once again you know ex- allow the uh, opposition tonight in the Mets to extend the lead they're not imploding like they did you know, 10 days ago and before. They have had consistent efforts of doing really, really well over this stretch of play. I'm not saying that they're one of the best bullpens in the league, and obviously if the Braves can win two, two or three of their next three games against the Mets, a bullpen addition probably still remains the biggest need for this Braves team. But I will say that the bullpen has certainly improved from where it was even 10 days ago. Now, whether or not that's sustainable is certainly something that needs to wait to be seen, but the Braves have to have a bit more confidence than they did even a few weeks ago in not only their starting staff, but also their bullpen. The key is, someone's going to have to step up offensively. Freddie Freeman has absolutely carried this offense through the month of July. Austin Riley has come on strong as of late over the past few games, and Dansby Swanson certainly has performed well as well. But someone else is going to have to step up, whether it be Ozzie Albies, whether it be Jock Peterson, whether it be an unexpected addition at the trade deadline, or one of the outfield options, like an Abraham Almonte and Orlando Arcia, or Guillermo Heredia. Heredia. Another talent is going to have to step up for this offense to get the consistency it needs to make the most of the improved pitching. That's what's going to have to happen. It's not just trade assets, it's not just potential trade additions that stand out for this Braves team to rely on to hopefully have the chance that it wants to make a run for this division title. It also is expecting for a talent or two, it's the need for a talent or two already on the roster to do exactly that. Obviously, if it's not happened so far, it's hard to expect for it to happen at times, you know, in time, but perhaps a player like a Jock Peterson or someone else can step up in a consistent role and be able to deliver. While it may or may not happen, the simple truth is is that it has to happen for this Braves team to be able to have the chance that it wants in order to get a significant winning stretch going to get back in this NL East race. Otherwise, it seems like that this is a team that's just going to continue to hover around 800, and it may as well just go ahead and put its focus towards 2022. A disappointing day. But obviously a day, there's still time this week to make up for it. It'll be highly interesting to see when the Braves likely have the overall pitching matchups moving forward in this series in their favor. Can the offense step up and make the most of the chances that it'll have going forward the rest of this week? Can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Daily Hammer. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at Stats SAC. You can find all of the great work from Talking Chop at talkingchop.com as well as. Anywhere, any other place on social on social platforms, at Talking Chop, make sure to check out the great work this week, some expanded work this week with the trade deadline going on and on the Road to Atlanta podcast, featuring names such as Eric Cole, Matt Powers, and Garrett Spain, as well as the Talking Chop podcast itself with Brad Rowland and Scott Coleman. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSCC on Twitter. It's been a pleasure talking with you, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the